I find remote and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health care work so rewarding. Um, and yeah, the thought of going back into like the metropolitan setting of hospitals does not appeal. But yeah, I feel like I'm at that stage of my life where I also want kind of that more lifestyle balance and stepping a bit away from remote. But yeah, so it, it, it's perfect. It's yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a Nurse Out Wear podcast. My name is Danielle Corza and I have been a rural and remote nurse for most of my career. I created this podcast as an opportunity to explore and celebrate and perhaps spark some interest in rural and remote nursing. Each week we will meet with some of the extraordinary nurses who live and work in rural and remote areas across Australia as they tell their story about all that is beautiful and unique to rural and remote nursing. So join with me as we explore the stories from a nurse out where. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of A Nurse Out Where. Now my next guest is a registered nurse with a passion for sexual health and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander healthcare. Her career started in Melbourne, initially working in cardiac and emergency nursing for several years, but her love for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander healthcare and remote nursing began when she took the plunge to work as a registered nurse on Palm Island back in 2017. She said this changed her life, not meaning to sound dramatic, but it opened up a world of nursing that she didn't know existed. She lived on Palm Island uh, for two and a half years and during her time there completed a master's in public health and tropical medicine and her passion further developed for all things public and primary health. She took on sexual health portfolio in Aracoon when doing agency nursing and she hasn't looked back. She's currently working as the men's, women's and sexual health outreach nurse servicing Kaunyama and Pomperaw in Queensland. And safe to say, she reckons it's one of the most incredible roles she's ever had the privilege to work in. I'm so pleased to hear your story, Gemma Mikoska. <laughs> welcome, mate. How are you going? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. We were just saying you're um, you're dodging the rain up there in Cairns at the moment. So <laughs> risky business having a little podcast session outside. <laughs> Very cool. So from your perspective, as we kick off, um, can you finish the sentence, I'm a nurse out where? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a nurse out where there is the most incredible people and landscape that you will ever see in the universe. Um, I'm out in crop country um, and where condoms fly out of their dispensers and quite literally um, because they make great balloons. <laughs> right. Okay. So, well, that's all right. So long as they're being used appropriately, we can... Share them as balloons too. <laughs> so what, why did you go from Melbourne to Palm Island? What inspired that? Um, so I, when I looked at Palm Island um, initially, like I didn't even know where it was on the map. Um, so what happened when I started my nursing career I had in my head this whole time that I want to do like international aid work, um, go work overseas and do developmental stuff, work with refugees and um, vulnerable populations. But I just felt like that's where I could do the most good with my nursing skill set. And um, yeah, so I ended up doing like a MSF talk when I was in Melbourne 
went and they were like telling us all about what kind of skills they need and they go what we would love is people to have like public health um context and know stuff about tropical medicine and policies and all this stuff and I was like I have no idea what they're talking about <laughs> but let's investigate and um yeah and that kind of set off this journey of looking up what public health meant and I was like you know going through degrees and I was like wow all these units within public health are right up my alley it was so intriguing like environmental health sexual health Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander healthcare I'm like there's a course for this like how great um and so I enrolled and got in and when I accepted I was like oh I know my learning style I can't read a book to save myself I feel that I need to go out into the tropics and actually experience it firsthand um and yeah so when I looked up you know going out into the wilderness um there was all this stuff about become a remote area nurse you know join us but with all your thousands of year experience and hundreds of courses I'm like what does mech and rec even mean I'm like oh something about pharmacotherapeutics I'm like oh maybe this isn't for me um and then there was this job that just like the stars aligned that there was this role going for registered nurses to come work in Palm Island. I was like, I am a registered nurse. <laughs> I can do this. So, yes, yes. I was like, that is me. Um, so I put in my application and they took me. Um, and yeah, and like ever since then, like I just, I will always remember like stepping onto the ferry and getting there and like you arrive on the jetty and you see all these beautiful palm trees and like pristine ocean and you hear these like reggae tunes in the back and I'm just like this is life like this is where I need to be <laughs> I found my people <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah it was just like a matter of like how all of that went in my journey like I just learned more and more about myself and where I actually wanted nursing to take me and yeah I have such a love for Palm Island oh little plugs there but <laughs> yeah cool very cool so have you got like have you got a fond memory or a tale to tell about your work either on Palm or any of your work you've done in rural and remote is there anything that sticks with you particularly yeah yeah um I've had Oh gosh, I've been nursing way too long, I feel. Um, I reckon one of my most like funniest memories when I worked um, as a nurse was actually when I went up and worked in the Northern Territory. Um, and again, you know, you get a bit not confident, but you're just like, well, I've got skills, I'll put it out to the universe and if they're happy with that, then great. Um, and there was this role going to work out in the homelands in East Arnhem Land and they're like you know here's some skills I'm like I've now got these and they're like you need a manual driver's license I'm like I don't got that but I'll put it out to you this is what I have um and they took me they go we will train you in the ways of manual driving I'm like great <laughs> <laughs> so I get up there and there's this like rundown troopy and they're like get in I'm like oh okay and then we go straight we do it a couple of times just down this one straight road yep this is it okay I can I can now drive a manual we'll make do um and yeah not long after my few learning sessions um I had these two young females in the like the clinic after a consult be like oh miss can you drive us home 
I'm like, yeah, still learning, but we'll give it a go. And they're like, yep, yep. They all say they jump in and then we're we're driving and I'm like bunny hopping down the road. <laughs> and they're like covering their faces more and more with their shirts and like head down. I'm like, oh, they have some regrets. <laughs> we, we pull up and they like get out of the car, don't say a word. I'm like, never to be seen again. And it was about like a week later. I'm, I've gotten a bit better at this stage. Like bunny hopping just, you know, once in a blue moon. And um, these like family, they're like flagging down cars for rides. I'm like, yeah, I'll give them a lift home. And as I pull up, they kind of stare at me and they're like talking amongst themselves. And they're like, oh, now nah, miss, it's okay, we'll walk. <laughs> <laughs> and like, no, if anyone's like been in community, no one ever turns down lifts. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've got a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's like one of my funnest moments in like, remote just purely because it's like um showing that you can overcome things and laugh at yourself and you know in the context of you know whether it's driving or in the clinical setting and more so it's because people in the most like remotest of places know how terrible my driving skills are like <laughs> Word gets around. Um, that's it that's it <laughs> <laughs> I now stick to auto, but <laughs> <laughs> and I can share um when going into like I suppose the sexual health realm, more of like a fond memory is um when I like had this consult um in the clinic and we had to do contact tracing where you know someone's had an infection and we need to find out their partners or partner um to try and help, or how to say, um, to be able to give treatment, stop the spread of infection and, yeah, contact trace. And um, yeah. I had this, I was sitting down with her during the consult and was telling her about how it works and what was needed. Um, and there was this massive pause. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be this, like, amnesia that seems to happen um, where no one can remember any of their partners' names. I'm like, it is what it is. Um, and then she whispered to me, she has oh, miss, I don't think I like boys. Um, I think I'm a lesbian. And it was like one of the most incredible consults of my life um, because in remote, there is so much shame and stigma in sex and sexual health in general. Um, and then also when it comes to the LGBTIQA plus community. Um, and yeah, so it's like one of the memories that I absolutely love and adore. It was something so simple, I think, to anyone in big metropolitan settings. Um, and yeah, to find that, you know, we do these roles for a reason to be able to empower people into feeling comfortable and to not feel ashamed of who they Ah, uh, yeah yeah and she trusted you enough to come out and say yeah. well actually you know we've got to look at this other direction yeah yes yeah and it just like it opens up this gateway of um you know conversation and speaking more about like what's out there to be able to help um or I suppose have like that little kind of other family that they can go to like there's the Black Rainbow organization and um 
yeah, it's just like a really nice thing because you deal with a lot of craziness in remote and seem to not get, you know, one step forward, 5,000 back sometimes. And then, yeah, those little wins and sharing, you're like, this is why we do it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's very cool. Good on you. Well done. So what are, what are some of the things that you might miss when you work in these remote areas? Like, you know, coming from Melbourne to remote, what, what, what might you miss oh, while you're out there? Delightful oat latte. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, again, I like being dramatic, but now my role is that I get to go out to community and come back every weekend. But, yeah, when I'm at that airport, I'm like, oh, get my last latte fix in before I go you know, it's gonna be four days away from it it's like you will survive <laughs> but um and I think when I did remote work where you know I lived out there for years and things I think the biggest thing was um like social connections were one of the things that I missed the most and like that spontaneity of you know a catch-up like someone could just message you out of the blue to be like oh where are you should we go out for a drink or do you want to go out for dinner and you're like Ah, uh, I am not there. Um, see, and missing out on like those life events of people. Um, yeah, and of course, like your fresh fruit and veggies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So, but you've got a unique position where you so you're based in Cairns, but then fly out to the remote communities. Is that how your role works? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's like the best of both worlds, really, isn't it? I know. Um, so I started this role um, over a year ago and yeah, it's just been such a great balance, um, you know, because I find remote and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health care work so rewarding. Um, and yeah, the thought of going back into like the metropolitan setting of hospitals does not appeal, but yeah, I feel like I'm at that stage of my life where I also want kind of that more lifestyle balance and stepping a bit away from remote. But, yeah, so it, it, it's perfect. It's, yeah. yeah, finding that balance, absolutely. Yes, yeah. So you've already said, you know, how rewarding it is, but you and I both know that it can be quite challenging. So how do you look after you? How do you look after your mental health? Honestly, I think you, you try your best and can fail miserably at that. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's important having healthy boundaries um, and also doing stuff outside of that work time doing things that you love um yeah so like hobbies and getting just getting out of the nursing and healthcare realm um I find really important to self-care and mental health like I often get involved in the community groups that are in any community that I visit and you know so women's group runners and walkers groups the PCYC um, and the multi-purpose centers have often great activities that you can get amongst and you know laugh at yourself with your my level of unfitness <laughs> like, <laughs> it's last two and you're like it's all great um and yeah and I think part of that is you know you get to be amongst community and not just in the perspective of providing a service and offering health care like you actually get to build relationships and um you know that gives you that sense of connection and place in community um and I think it also keeps it very real like you know you see more um outside of that hospital setting when you start seeing people in um, the home structure more so if that makes sense um and well, with hobbies 
I would often take out like my ukulele and I think haunt neighbours to this day with my terrible <laughs> playing there. But it's all about giving stuff a go. Um, and, you know, on Palm, I, I think I became a bit of a bingo expert and was a karaoke regular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, doing, like, you know, going for walks with um, all the clinic dogs down to the beach and stuff in Aracoon. Like, there are so many awesome opportunities to look after your mental health by just getting away from the structures of the clinic because I think it doesn't at times even that itself when you you know you rely so heavily on this team um, and it becomes like your nuclear family like you're there living in quarters with them working with people um, and then so then they're the people that you then debrief to and vent and it's it can be such a balance I think with making sure that people um, keep those relationships healthy and have safe boundaries and barriers um, to protect yourself and I think you know not get into this like toxic cycle that you can see Um, and yeah so you know on Palm I would go bloody snorkeling whenever I could kayaking um, and you know if you're out on the coastal area learning how to fish that's probably one of the coolest activities um, but yeah, pretty much anything that is fun and gives you joy is great for the mind and the soul. Um, and I'm just putting it out there that if that involves taking thousands of photos of the sun setting, that that is okay. And not to listen to naysayers who think anything different about that. But <laughs> not speaking from personal experience. <laughs> A little, a little bit of PTSD coming out there, I'm sure. <laughs> I need therapy. <laughs> so, so there's obviously lots for you to do to fill in your downtime and fill in your days off, like you're not yeah, sort of cooped yeah. up in your room. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think part of that is that you need to be vulnerable to a point that you then put yourself out there to go and experience things in community. Um, you know, like it can be quite daunting, um, you know, you go into this completely unfamiliar area and you're already like a bundle of nerves going somewhere mixed with like excitement. Um, and yeah, so it's, I think it's so crucial to just give it a go and give anything a try. Um, and yeah, take things with you that you, you know, if you wanted to learn how to like crochet, there's always I think a little bit of space in the luggage for the most randomest of things yeah yeah so what would be your top three tips who someone might be thinking about joining the rural and remote workforce you know maybe they don't quite get the uh the pleasure of you know living in a in cans and then whipping off to the remote yes. communities but um, oh. what would be what would be your top three tips for someone who might be thinking about joining the remote workforce yeah so I've thought long and hard about this um I would have to say for the least serious but one of the most important tips is um just to pace yourself with artwork so you know you don't need to buy every piece of art that you see when you go into a community because you will go to a community and you will love it and you will see all of the things and you'll be like, I want it all. Um, but you will also want to go experience other communities uh, because once you start 
you can't stop and that's not with just the purchasing of art it's like this love that you have for remote and providing like equitable health for people um you know you could go to one area and then be like that was great what else is out there like yeah you start this and you're in for it for the long haul I think um (laughs) everyone that I've met like have you got an art collection and art? Dealing because I've got an art collection, and then my, <laughs> my husband then went and and did some work. Um, he's a tradie, and he went to do some work in some of the remote communities, and he brought home like a huge load of artwork as well. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Oh, it happens. So cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of making money out remote. My gosh. <laughs> Yeah, you think um, you make money working remote? <laughs> think again. <laughs> um, and I'd have to say um, in the more serious notes of tips is anyone who's been contemplating um, going out remote is to take that plunge and give it a go. Like I put it off for a bit of time and, you know, you have this kind of feeling of not that you're not worthy, but you're like, am I good enough? What can I actually offer? I don't have this a high list of skills and you know everyone that I speak to like you must have like emergency medicine and it's like yes that's you know it's so important to have when you're in a resource poor environment whether that's you know with clinical staff or actual um like physical resources um but at the same time like I feel that everyone who goes remote has so much to offer and it's like don't ever discredit your skills um based on what you read and hear from people like um yeah like for me I went to Palm Island as a registered nurse and I grew to be a clinical nurse finished a master's and then did like crazy bush nursing brand stuff and then now work in sexual health and it's been such a journey and yeah so it's like having that trust in yourself um yeah, and I also think it's important to do research on the communities that you go to. Um, but, you know, so, yeah, listening to other people's experiences to get tips is fantastic, but to also kind of heed that with caution. Um, you know, everyone's experiences are so different and community dynamics are also very different and can change often. Um and yeah, so like when I went to Palm Island, <laughs> I will never forget telling people I was going there. So what's the first thing everyone does is Google, like, what is this exotic place that you're going to? And it was like the first thing that was popping up. And I still, I think it's changed now um, with when you Google it, what is said about it. But when I first moved there, um, it was like the Guinness Book of Records um, quote of it being the most violent place on earth outside of a war zone. And I was, my mum was like, is this somewhere where you really think you need to be going? Like, is it? I was like, nah, like, how bad can it be? And it was not anything like that. And it makes me so sad that that is um, the perception or like what people choose to focus on. Um, yeah. And that their history is um, super sad and complex and um so as I'm trying to say there is you know I had the best time 
but there were also moments that weren't good. Um, but it's what you reflect on and I suppose choose to take away to pass on to people. Like I would tell everyone to go there in a heartbeat because the love that I have there is huge. And same like Arakoon, um, I had a great time there. And like that, the culture there and how strong and proud the people are and hearing the language and it's like that should be talked about and advocated and promoted um yeah and the beautiful dogs there oh my gosh and the artwork <laughs> but oh um yeah and I think also I suppose third tip sorry I've like gone on a massive tangent <laughs> you're right <laughs> um I think for people who are thinking about sexual health I thought I should bring it back to that is that um there's so many courses out there for not just sexual health, but other things that pique people's interest. Um, and yeah, so doing things like if it's something that you're contemplating, there's so many free courses out there. Like there's the Ashen, um, they do webinars and also short courses. There's the family planning organizations that do incredible stuff as well. Um, yeah, so I think it's in a nutshell. You know, remote is such a roller coaster and it is wild but wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Give it a crack. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> and I think the reason I really wanted to talk to you is that I think people get lost in rural and remote thinking you've got to do everything. And yes, you do oh, have to. Yes. You do have to know, you know, Pete's the whole spectrum or preconception even you know like you do you do look after the whole lifespan but there's also these little niche pockets within rural and remote that you can work in as well like sexual health or men's health women's health those kinds of things so that's why I really wanted to to talk to you and I'm so glad we've had this opportunity to share not only your remote experience but your experience in in remote sexual health yeah it's been um really cool because like when I worked in the Northern Territory that was where it was one of the most phenomenal places I've ever worked um, but also one of the most challenging and I think a big part of it was that um, this kind of but just like this feeling that you had to do every single thing like so going from like child immunization failing to thrive clients to the palliative extremes and then all the stuff in between and it almost became like that um band-aid for a broken leg effect and it was like what you will have moments where you're questioning what are you achieving um and yeah I think it's so important to know that remote is huge like there is so many components like you were saying um and yeah, for me, that's when I was like, okay, yes, you love it, but what can you do where you feel that you're doing a good job? And for me, that was like, okay, go into this tailored niche of sexual health. Um, and yeah, it has been incredible. But like anyone can do it. If you're a nurse, you know, just put yourself out there. Like, Absolutely. I'm with you, 100%. Well, Gemma, thank you for your time today. We've managed to get through without you getting rained on, so, you know, kudos to us. (laughs) (laughs) Victory! (laughs) Um, But, yeah, hopefully we'll get to catch up again soon. That was wonderful. Thank you so much.
If this has sparked your interest and you'd like some more information about this episode or perhaps how to take the leap and explore rural and remote nursing, you can contact me and check out my website, anurseoutwear.com.au or follow me on Facebook and Instagram by searching for A Nurse Outwear. Remember, like, subscribe and share them with your friends.